All right. Good morning. Welcome back to the morning briefing. Today is Thursday, March 3rd, and it's episode 168. I'm Phil Brandt, uh, and our good friend, Burke Garland, is not with us today. He's off serving Ogletree clients uh, and won't be joining us. So he says, you know, Bert, as well as I do at this point, he's probably off on vacation somewhere, but Either way, we got the program under control. Uh, today, we're going to discuss total reward strategies and the great resignation. That's our topic. Our special guest is none other than Senior AIM Consultant, National Director for Astron Solutions, Michael Makakovich. So happy to have Mikey Mack back with us. Uh, Michael is a highly regarded compensation expert in the United States. He has been working with many of our members. Many of you know him uh, over from over working with him from over the past five years, excuse me. Um, and he is a regular on our program. He was with us on September 9th uh, last year in 2021. Uh, Michael and I are going to discuss three things today, uh, amongst other things. One is sign on bonuses. How effective are they today? How have they changed? inflation and the impact on the wage structure and internal external uh, wage benchmarking. When should we do it? Why should we do it? How do we keep up with it at the pace in which it is changing? We do have poll question today. I'd love to get your input. Let's get those fingers ready. Give me some answers. Which of the following total rewards are your organizations incorporating to address today's challenge in recruitment and retention? So that's the question, which of the following total rewards are, is your organization incorporating to address today's challenges in recruitment and retention? We have base pay, variable comp, benefit offerings, work time and time off and lifestyle-based programs. If you're focusing in one area more than others, we'd like to know what that is. Michael, welcome back to the program. Happy to have you. Oh, great to be here and greetings from, I'm back to our corporate offices in the Big Apple from North Carolina. So I finally ventured out of my bubble. Yeah, I'm not sure if I should congratulate you for being back in New York or uh, condemn you, but either way, uh, you're on the streets again. I know you've been doing a lot of traveling. We've had you out here with our clients or our members, and you've been out here with your clients as well. Um, but you're in New York. You got anything to do with Major League Baseball, Mike? Well, yeah, you know, it's uh, as a, uh, and I have to be careful when I say this, as a dyed-in-the-wool Yankee fan, which I know gets everyone there a little upset, uh, but and you know uh, we just we just our St. Louis Blues lost to the Rangers last night as well. Ah. Well, you but know. our Canes are are really strong in Raleigh, so uh, we're first place team. So we're having fun with that. But Major League Baseball, very disappointed. I'm usually here for Opening Day that'll be coming up. Was supposed to come up at the end of this month, but of course that's now gone. And it's even looking like we be, we're talking maybe June or July before we even see baseball again. And of course, you know, it's dealing with an impasse between, as you mentioned, millionaires versus billionaires. And uh, yeah. this is very interesting to, from a compensation standpoint in terms of the players union looking at, well, look at all this money you've brought in and the profits you're bringing in. Should that not be shared with us? And we're looking for a piece of that because we are the product. We're the ones who are helping to generate the profits. And, you know, it's very interesting. Take that lesson to the lesson of today in compensation. We're hearing the same thing with clients. And if you track in the news, the spread from executive pay to the staff pay is increasing 
more and more because companies have been extremely profitable, but yet they've also kept their expenses down in terms of their staffing, and yet they're still, and they're not sharing that additional profit back. And so we're starting to get the, the really signs of discontent uh, in all sectors of the economy. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's a different game, millionaires and billionaires, uh, than the game some of us are playing, but it's really the same issue, isn't it? It's em employees realize there may be more money, their value, it's, a, it's an employee market, if you will, just like our housing market, and, and they want their mm -hmm. share. Um, and that is wreaking havoc on the resignation issue. I mean, it, right. it, it is like we've never seen it before. I'll, I'll just give you an example, and I talk about it all the time, our, our members know this, um, you know, we can measure the activity of employment and new employment through our background verification business, because most of our members use us for background verification, and we can see that hiring activity by their orders that they place each and every day. Um, in February, we set an all-time high. Now, let me remind you, February had a holiday, and it's a short month, mm -hmm. and it was our all-time high in the history of our business. Uh, in the amount of background verification requests that have come in. It is just going through the roof. Uh, so I'll be very interested to see these numbers uh, for the first quarter um, as they come in. January was high and March is trending on that same path. Um, so, you know, people are moving about and money is driving that. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about here today. Let me right. remind everyone to give us some input on the poll question. I can see the results are are coming about and um, it really is a very pretty even split. Um, and I wanna get back to that in just a moment, Mike. I wanna give it a little sure. bit more of a chance for people to contribute, but let's talk sure. about sign-on bonuses right now. Okay. Um, sign-on bonuses used to be a unique tool we would use to hire very special or difficult talent. Um, and we would use those tools very carefully. Um, now, every place is offering a sign-on bonus like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so sign-on bonuses, you know, you're right. Uh, there was a day where it was for very specialized physicians, uh, healthcare, a classic example, nurses, when we had going through our nursing shortage. Now we're hearing it in manufacturing for an entry-level assembler, you know, offering a hire-on bonus. The problem, there's two issues that we're now facing with that from what we're hearing from clients. One is that even if you put conditions on your sign-on bonus, meaning you have to stay six months or you have to stay a year, there's nothing that says that that employee can't still leave because the other employer will pick up the cost. They'll pay it off. So that's not really having any effect. But the most important issue we're facing now is morale and internal equity, meaning that our current employees are watching this and they're saying, well, wait a minute, I hung in there for you, I'm still here, I'm still showing up, I'm still committed, and yet you're giving extra money to these new people. Mm -hmm. And so it's starting to cause major internal issues. Uh, and what we're starting to hear from a lot of our clients is really rethinking that strategy, taking that money, and then building it into your rewards program, either in recognition and career pathing, that you can provide to all employees. And so the lesson that we're learning now is you cannot just look at hiring and using those dollars for hiring. You need to really look at the impact that has on all your employees. 
and and be able to treat them the same way because they're they're watching that. Yeah. And, you know, so I grew up in a time with sign on bonuses, like many of our listeners, where they were very carefully used in special mm-hmm. situations, normally to hire, you know, a really difficult position or or a higher level executive. And we were normally using it to offset the bonus they were going to receive at the end of the year based on their performance or, or even if it was a stay bonus. And we would use that to get the talent a little bit earlier. And there wasn't uh, really much risk of that right. person leaving like there is today. And I think the difference is today is we put up signs like this that say, sign on both. So everyone knows. We wouldn't talk right. about it then. Today, compensation's right. talked about quite differently than it was then or shared with sure. each other. Employees are but, even asking, what about, what about me? How about a retention bonus? You know, exactly right. Leave. And, yeah. and, and in fact, that is also part of the dilemma today where employees now are getting a little feisty and walking in and saying, you know, I'm really willing to stay here, but I think I should be making this. And therefore, they're wanting to negotiate uh, a new salary because they may feel that they have you, you know, where they want them. You can't afford for them to leave. So that's another dilemma we're hearing. And of course, that puts everyone in a bad position. Nobody wants to negotiate salaries. And back, it fell my, back in my day, <laughs> many, many years ago, uh, when I worked at Honeywell in Illinois, uh, we had a rule that if an engineer came in and said, I got an offer from another company, but I'd like to stay here. We said, no, please give me your badge. You're gone. Yeah. So those yeah. days are gone, of course. But that was the that was the strategy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Now I I have employers call and say, Hey, one of our top talent wants to leave. We want to keep them. What ideas do you have? What data do you have to recommend? If, you know, we can do something fair. And and there seems to be this you know real desperate effort to hold on to everyone. I get it. I feel the same pressure as everyone else does. Um, but all of a sudden, when that happens, then your system is out of whack, right? That's right. Um, you've That's now right. that now you're getting back to internal, external equity, retention bonuses, sign-on bonuses, right. performance bonuses, and right. so on. Talk right. a little bit about the um, the challenges today with the internal, external benchmarking. Wow. How fast that world is changing. And maybe some tips or tricks for our listeners sure. in that space. So, so one of the things, of course, that, you know, in a normal cycle, uh, you know, data from salary surveys comes out like in either the spring or summer of the year. And of course, if you're using it, let's say 2021 data for 2022, you could kind of look at that and do some minor aging and, you know, add some factors. So it somewhat represents the year you're in. The problem is that data, again, collected last summer is already ancient, right? We've had so much more movement that we're trying to keep up with. Is this data really appropriate for what we're looking at? If you, if you looked in surveys from last summer talking about the starting rate for many positions, it would still be the $13, $12, 13-dollar $13 minimum wage. We all know that that's long gone. Yeah. All right. We're at 15. We're at 16, 18. And now Target says, well, we have a range that goes to $24 an hour starting. So, you know, you have all that inflation and activity that the surveys haven't kept up with. So uh, one thing to be cautious of is when you use survey data, if you're doing it yourself or if you're getting it from someone, 
you need to find out how old that data is. When was it collected? That's the first thing. Uh, for example, uh, AIM uses ERI, which is a great source because they update every three months. So that means the data we're looking at now was just collected in January. So yeah. we still have very good data. Most other surveys are from last summer or even last spring. So first of all, use a really good source. Uh, secondly, if you are going to use an older source, you need to be thinking about how you age it, meaning that how do you make it look like today? And so what you need to do is where in the past we would say, eh, 3% is kind of the normal, you know, movement of salaries year to year. Right now we're talking 5 to 6% on average in terms of salaries moving. So we would recommend being more aggressive and using a 6% annual factor on data that was collected last year. That's a and, big and, jump. And aging, it's, it's not that difficult, but it sounds like a lot. Uh, but, you know, it kind of goes back to the baseball situation that if, if leadership in an organization says, what, we're not going to be doing 6% adjustments. Well, let's take a look at how well we're doing, number one. And number two, do we need to keep the product, the people, in-house so that we can continue to have those profits as we go forward. So a 6% aging is actually what we're, fo we're focusing on today. Yeah, no, that, and that, that is a big jump from what we've done in the past in previous years. Yep. Um, and I think that's a result of, of inflation. So I heard um, President Biden say uh, in his uh, speech the other day that, you know, now that we're at the $15 minimum wage, um, we're not going to have, uh, you know, it basically was touting it as poverty uh, was going to be solved. You know, everyone would have a chance. Um, and I'm, we're just pushing the floor up and we're creating that that compression. And you mentioned Target and Target's new starting wage range versus this $15. Um, mm -hmm. I, I would tell you when we try and advertise with when we do a lot of posting and managing with our employers, if we're doing $15, um, it, it's a really tough pool. We're not getting uh, the candidates we would like to see for our members when we're advertising a rate of $15. Okay. Um, are you seeing employers advertise the other benefits in, in place of base Correct. pay? Yeah. Right. So what, they're doing these posting. What should they put in the posting, Mike, right. to help them out? Well, what they have to do is how do they stand out? What makes them different? Why would somebody want to come there? If everyone's offering 15 or $16 an hour, that's not going to help you anymore. So that's gone. We've already raised that, that floor, so to speak, and now everybody's doing that. So now what we're hearing and what we've been seeing from our clients is getting creative in terms of, and I, again, that point, what makes us stand out when we're recruiting? Why would somebody want to come here? For example, uh, there is a an AIM client or an AIM member uh, who you know look, re looked at their scheduling, their whole scheduling process. They go, you know what? What are people really attracted to, especially younger people and the millennials? And that is time off. So yeah. instead of talking about their PTO and what they can do to increase time off, they looked at their whole scheduling, and they basically went to a four day a week schedule, and they alternated between Monday and Thursday or Tuesday and Friday, but they advertised everyone gets a three-day weekend even though okay. they have to work they have to work 10 hours a day but that's not really an issue for the folks they're not worried about that but knowing i have either friday or a monday off in my schedule 
that was, it's a huge, and they said that they've been attracting a lot of people who are looking for that alternative. So again, being more creative when you're looking at your offerings, uh, you know, or even to the point of we still are dealing with remote work or people wanting that, and that's been a big issue for us. So having that flexibility. So I have one week I can come in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I have Tuesday, Thursday home. Maybe the next week it's alternating, but clients are starting to look at alternating those schedules. And actually, interesting enough, one organization's advertising, create your schedule, which is really yeah. fascinating. And, and I am seeing more of that as well. Yep. Yeah, create yeah. your own schedule. And, and basically, you still have to meet the needs of your organization. You still have to meet your client's needs or your product, your productivity needs. But there's a way to do that. And once that's set, again, people feel, oh, the company is responding. So it's no longer, am I getting 15 or $16 an hour? I'm coming to this organization because they're allowing me that flexibility. And that's starting to become more and more important as we go through the, the return to normalcy, if that ever happens. Yeah, whatever normal is, I can't remember, Mike. It's been too long since it's been normal. And, and I can tell you, whatever I think normal is, my father doesn't think that's normal. Yeah. All right. So, so I'm not sure that we'll will ever see what we think or remember normal to be, right? Yeah. Um, hey, I just want to point out some of the uh, poll results. Um, we're getting a lot of uh, feedback here. Thank you for that feedback. Let's have it keep coming in. Um, no doubt base pay with time off is leading uh, the results here. Um, we are seeing, you know, that combination base pay, work time, time off as mm -hmm. being the leading points of focus. Um, that probably doesn't surprise you with what you just said. No, no, not at all. Um, Amanda was asking a question um, here about referral programs, um, particularly when it comes to recruiting. And, and I'm assuming, you know, maybe mo moving some of that money from sign on bonus to referral. Yes. We've seen more of that as well, and that's a very good use of a resource because, you know, your employees have are, are kind of tapped into the world out there, and they know people. And again, if you are making some offerings that are starting to help you stand out, for example, taking that money not only for rewarding our employees that refer people to us for employment, but also taking some of that money in terms of how we're structuring the compensation. You asked what makes people stand out. We're still dealing a lot with career progression and you know having that opportunity for movement uh, within because they're looking for that. Uh, we're also finding a big push on in the first year for new employees. And again, we gotta be careful with this, but having those quarterly touch points in which we actually can provide adjustments to employees. So if I bring them in at 15, but I really want to go to 16, well, we have four touch points and I'm getting a quarter each time that I have met like my satisfactory goals. And so we have the touch points that helps with that first year retention. So yeah. referral bonuses definitely are becoming more a trend in terms of a better use of those uh, hiring bonus dollars. And then also looking at how creative we are in that first year of retention. That's so critical. We can get through that first year, we have a shot because hopefully our supervisors are doing their job, engaging their employees, and then we cannot worry about it after the first year. 
Yeah. Hey, Mike, um, I'm going to ask a question here from Christina on a chat line. Um, I, maybe you understand the question uh, better than I do. I don't know that I can uh, answer it with what I know. So, Christina, if we don't quite get it right, give us a, a little better explanation here. Can you explain how it works if you link the 401k to student loan repayments? What would you recommend for professional roles? Uh, that I will have to be honest is is one that I have not come across. Yeah. So, know, Christina, if you can give us a little bit more uh, explanation what you're doing yeah. uh, in in that space, but I do see um, almost across the board, people wanting to tie student loan payments as part of their retention or higher on approach for sure. Yes, that's, that's becoming yeah. more and more uh, in vogue since the government hasn't really done what they thought they were going to do, which was to wipe out all student loans. Uh, there is still that need, especially for people from like say techno uh, technology schools and yeah. those types of things that to be able to say, look, that is part instead of a higher on bonus, you know, we'll we'll work through covering your loan as part of coming to us. However, again, being very cautious about how that impacts our internal. If we haven't done that in the past, we need to then consider, well, who else internally already has those loans that we should be taking care of before we institute for our new employees. So yeah, it's always and I that, think that balancing act. It's that internal equity uh, that is, I would say 75% of my discussions are really struggling with that internal equity. That's right. You know, they, they can do some things to hire people, right? but it is creating and wreaking havoc internally right. and their employee morale is suffering from well, it. Yeah, employees yeah, are it, saying, if I, had only, if I had only quit and come back, I'd yeah. be better off. Exactly right. Yeah. Or you're not going to love me. So someone else will. I'll go there. That's right. Um, That's and, right. and I get the mindset. Right. It's it's a, it's a tough sure. position to be in. Um, OK, so looking at our results, it's it's really starting to present itself uh, with the base pay. Right. Um, in the category there. Um, Mike, talk a little bit about the risk of just focusing only on base pay and not addressing these other issues. Yeah, I think that if we, again, focusing only on base pay, uh, you, you, you lose sight of the other factors that drive engagement with employees. So first of all, I would recommend that even though, yes, you need to stay competitive with the base, do you understand what your employees are looking for? So this gets back to engagement surveys, meaning that we're looking at, you know, with COVID, a lot of folks have stopped doing that. They lost track of what's going on in the mindset of their employees. So now is basically a very good time to start kind of re-engaging on those issues because unless you know what people are thinking about, it's going to be very hard to set up your strategies that you can address. Again, yes, the base pay, people are thinking inflation, that I can't pay my bills or gas with the gas prices going up. And by the way, with gas prices going up, we're now starting to see the return of gas gift cards for, yes. uh, for uh, rewards uh, during the course of the year so that people can, oh, I'll, I'll pick up a tank of gas or two, especially when we're getting close to $4 a gallon again. But real important, and a lot of clients are realizing this now when we talk with them, we got to take a pause here and figure out 
what are people really concerned about and what are they looking for so we can strategize better and not just throw the money into the base pay itself. Yeah, and I think, you know, in my conversations with CEOs, obviously it's, you know, you have base pay, yes, great. And we're gonna enhance our base pay That is like, I mean, we're sticking our feet in the mud when we do that for when the market makes any other type of shift, right? We've now established a new floor and very seldom does anyone ever go back and reduce base pay levels, right? Without creating all kinds of other problems. A gift card, um, I'm seeing comments in the poll about quarterly bonuses, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe enhancements in healthcare, different things like that, Mm -hmm. that you can adjust in time without it being a, a significant um, reduction in base pay is some advantage. And depending on where your employees are at in the scale, some of those are highly effective. That's right. Highly and and the other thing to keep in mind is we have a lot of clients now who spent during the COVID years enhancing their benefits, thinking that this is what we really need to do. And I hear so often from CEOs, well, I'm not worried about base pay because we have really good benefits. Well, yeah. benefits don't bring people in the door. Right. It's not, not like they used to. Right. Especially the, with younger, you know, millennials coming in. That's not a concern, especially if they're under 26 years old. They're still on their family's plan. So, you know, I'm on my mom's plan. I'm not worried about it. So I always have to remind the CEOs, that's wonderful. You have these great, you know, you pay everything. Wonderful. But maybe you need to look at that. Are you really getting the return on investment from those dollars that you really need in terms of recruitment, retention and engagement? Yeah, uh, that that's for sure. And I think the way you design your benefits, as far as if I'm thinking about healthcare for a moment, mm-hmm. if it was, you know, employee plus one, as an example, or employee and family, um, as families uh, sizes, if you think about your older employees who had family, now they have, you know, I'll use myself for example, I have one child left on my healthcare happens to be my most expensive child. But anyway, uh, I have one child left, but I still pay the same family rate uh, versus a rate for three versus five. Um, And that's another way of giving back and keeping your benefits without actually changing uh, the benefit structure. You're just changing the wage or the the premium structure. That's right. And another comment on, on some of that with inflation, we're also seeing a return to people not retiring, uh, that we're starting to see people like me, the boomers, who are saying, I got to hang in there a little longer. You know, I, I don't have everything. My Even though my stock has gone up, my investments are up, but, you know, I still need to work for a little bit longer. That's creating now the compression again. Where do the newer people go within the organization? And so we're starting to deal with that issue again. We had that once before. It's coming back in terms of not having the room to move people where we'd like to move them because our boomers are kind of hanging in there. Yeah, that's, uh, that is true. So the whole work from home continues to build um, on itself, right? And right. again, I'll go back to the president's speech. You know, he was talking about federal employees are coming back to work in the office place. There seemed to be some level of excitement by Uh, President Biden on that, but there sure doesn't seem to be that same level of excitement for employees. Um, They are holding on to this work from home um, desire. And that continues to be a part of the future structure as far as I can see it. 
It is. Are you seeing any changes on demand in that space? No, definitely it's changing. Those companies and organizations who are trying to be very tough and say, you have to come back. Uh, remember the comment from the president of Chase Bank when he said, if you can go to a restaurant or a beach, you can come to work. Well, <laughs> and he said that publicly, but he's changed that tune. And he's now saying, well, you don't have to come back. We can work with that. So right. every, that's what I talked about, this whole uh, part of the make a difference, your, your uh, company making a difference to attract people, that flexibility to work it out. Okay, yeah. How do we set up these schedules in terms of what we need to have? I honestly believe that that's going to continue, that, that we are not because people are saying, if you make me come back, I'm not coming back. Right. And, and it's and it's their market. And I, I see it happening. I, I manage that same thing with our employees. The desire to to not work from home kind of hurts my feelings. I, I thought they really liked being with me well, here at the office, Mike. I don't know. It's also a little bit of a generational issue, too. I mean, you know, the boomers in the crowd, you know, who happen to be the CEOs and everything. You know, they're talking about having to walk 10 miles to go to school in the snowstorm with with bare feet. So it was like, you know, <laughs> you know, what well, do you mean you can't come to work? You yeah, know, that, but uh, again, it's it's a new world that we have to somehow figure out from a strategy that's still going to make us retain these employees and attract these employees. And that becomes a very big part of it. All right, Mike, I got one minute left. I'm looking at the poll survey. I appreciate everybody commenting on that. Definitely base pay, base pay with time off. Uh, benefit offering seems like it's bumping up a little bit. What's missing in, in, in that that people should be considering also as part of strategy? I know there's a lot of pieces. Base pay, time off, some benefits. What, what aren't, what's not presenting itself here that people should consider? I think the key, there's also recognition. I think that that another piece that not separate from base pay is how we recognize the people in terms of their their contribution. People are expecting the company to recognize them, to basically say thank you. And we've lost some of that as well. We're just trying to get people in, we put them in jobs and we go. But forgetting that we need to go back to some of our real basics of that, you know, saying thank you for being here, for the work you've done, and when they do contribute at a high level, having a mechanism to reward. To yeah. me, that is still is very, very important. It's a part of human nature. And, and we can't forget that among everything else, that it's some basic, you know, just basic human nature issues. And that gets us right back to culture. Did you know that 15% of job seekers decline a job due to the company's culture? If yeah. we could increase our hiring percentage by 15%, we would take it. Culture does seem to be tied to that. That leads us to our guest, Sean Glaze, next week on Thursday. Sean is nationally recognized speaker in culture and team building. Also includes having some fun at work. These things are more important today than they've right. ever been before. Join us next week at 7.30 when we get the chance to meet Sean Glaze for the first time on the morning briefing. Mikey Mack, thank you very much. You have fun there in New York City, and we hope to see you here soon in St. Louis. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Take care. Good to see you. Take care. If you've ever been to a career fair, there are many different companies there all clamoring for the attention of these 22, 23-year-olds just about to graduate college. And we needed something that set us apart. 
So we produced a VR video that showed a glimpse in the life of what it was like to work for Nortech. But they could do so in a way that really was pushing the edge of technology, which is how we wanted to be seen by those candidates. We empower our employees to reach forward and look for those new opportunities. And the VR technology, using it during the recruiting process, allowed us to do that.